0: Longhorn Nation, y'all ready to join the SEC? (laughs) Our Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, we have to talk about Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going at it in the name of name, image, and likeness. Also, CBS Sports ranked all of the Power Five head coaches in college football heading into the season. Steve Sarkeesian, the head coach of your Texas Longhorns football team, was ranked number 39th. I'll tell you why they were tripping for having him at 39, but also why you can make the case that he's the 39th best head coach, power five wise, in college football. Few housekeeping notes before we get into the grudge match between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. First off, I want to apologize to Ajay Hall. Sark came out yesterday in his Texas fight tour. He was asked about the Ajay Hall fiasco, and he said that he may have had something to do with Ajai Hall deleting the post off of social media. He said Ajai Hall has signed a financial agreement with the university, financial aid agreement with the University of Texas, and that he feels really good about that situation. So I wanna apologize to Ajai Hall on my last episode before the Bachelor Arch Manning thing. Uh, I got on Ajai Hall pretty bad. So I wanna apologize to him now that I have new information. Also, speaking of the Arch Manning special, uh, we had to do me. Uh, the host of Locked On Bulldogs, Georgia Bulldogs, and a Locked On Bama host. Uh, we all did a six to eight minute segment on why Arch Manning should come to our schools. It was posted on my YouTube channel and my audio feeds, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. If you have not been able to check that out yet, please do. I am square in the middle. Between Georgia and Alabama, I feel like I had the best spiel. I feel like Arch Manning should come to the University of Texas specifically because of what I said in that video or on that audio. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, please do something really fun. We did at the Lockdown Podcast Network for the Arch Manning recruitment. Now getting into this Texas A&M Alabama beef, this Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban beef. All I got to say is Longhorn Nation, how much y'all think Alabama is beating Texas A&M by on October 8th? I see the lines floating around 17. I'm willing to up the ante to 21. I think Nick Saban goes in there and beats somebody by at least 21 in Texas A&M. Y'all let me know in the comments. Email me. Hit me on Twitter. Locked on horns. How much is Alabama beating Texas A&M by on October 8th? And suddenly, October 8th becomes one of the biggest days in college football. Because not only is that the day that Texas is going to beat Oklahoma in the Red River shootout. Now you have one of the most anticipated matchups of the year with Alabama facing off against Texas A&M on October 8th. Now, if you've been over under a rock for the last let's say about 20 hours, Nick Saban last night was speaking to some big money boosters, you know, some dollar dollar bill type of people uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. And he got to talking about NIL. Now in Nick Saban's defense, He talked about how he loved NIL and he wants the players to get paid. He has no problem with players getting paid. He talked about how 25 players from the University of Alabama football team last year made upwards or about $3 million last year in NIL deals. And they did it the right way. So anytime we see these, you know, old coaches talking about NIL, the first thing we want to say is, oh, they don't want the players paid or all they don't want to get with the times. No, he's clearly fine with the times. He said that in the interview. I want to make that very clear where he took issue was where a lot of people take issue is is the lack of regulations around nil and he mentioned that it's hard to police and it's allowing people to use nil to recruit which is against the rules nil is supposed to allow players to profit off of their name image and likeness nil is not supposed to be used to help induce people or help recruit high school players To come to your university or nil is not supposed to be used to help players in the transfer portal come to your university now we all know that it is being done but there's no way the ncaa can stop it but it is against the rules and nick saban called that out saying that he only uses nil the right way but nick saban got up there and started dry snitch and he mentioned some people who he feels like are not using nil the right way and he talked about the miami basketball team and how they're paying players to come play basketball for University of Miami. And he mentioned Deion Sanders. When Travis Hunter, the number one prospect in the country, flipped from Florida State to Jackson State, there were reports that came out that Jackson State paid him upwards of a million dollars. Nick Saban got on that stage in front of those big money boosters and said that Deion Sanders paid Travis Hunter a million dollars. But where it really got interesting was when he said that Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher, who had the number one recruiting class in the country, the highest graded recruiting class of all time, with eight five-star recruits in one recruiting class at one school paid for all of their players. If you're listening on audio, that's me shooting the gun. Shots fired. Then Jimbo Fisher this morning, if you're listening to this on Thursday, May 19th, calls an emergency press conference at 10 a.m. Central. And he comes out and he lets it go on Nick Saban. (laughs) Talks about how Nick Saban thinks he's a god and Nick Saban, he pretty much said it without saying that Nick Saban has cheated in the past and this is not the person we should be talking about NIL from, and when he was asked how he was able to secure eight five-star recruits in this last recruiting class, he immediately interrupted the question and said that they are not breaking any rules, they're not violating any rules, and how dare Nick Saban or anybody insinuate that people just don't want to come to college station and play football, and they don't want to just be around those facilities. Like people just don't want to come to college station for free. He talked about how hard his coaching staff works and how well they recruit. And it's just disrespectful to Texas A&M. It's disrespectful to Jimbo Fisher. It's disrespectful to all of these 2022 recruits and their families to insinuate that they would need money to come to college station, Texas. And I just want to say, I love Nick Saban and he wasn't wrong in what he said. But you can't get up there dry snitching, Nick. And you know, before NIL, even if you are doing NIL the right way, which that's hard to believe. I have to believe there's a little slippage there. I mean, just a little bit, you know? But he wasn't wrong. Texas AM did buy their recruiting class. And what I want to say to Jimbo Fisher is why are you getting so mad and shying away from it? Why not just embrace it? We all know you paid for the recruiting class. You're an eight and four football team last year. And let me not say that as if I'm talking trash because, of course, the Longhorns went five and seven. But what I'm saying is, is when has an eight and four football team ever had the best recruiting class in the country? Not only that, when is an eight and four football team that was 500 in conference play ever had the best recruiting class of all time? Look at the last four number one recruiting classes in the country. Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia. The two teams that were in the national championship last year. Where is Texas A&M? So you mean to tell me that as soon as NIL is introduced, Jimbo Fisher, who's been at Texas A&M for five years, has not had eight five-star recruits in the first four years combined. As soon as NIL is introduced, He brings in eight in one year and it's not in the name of NIL. You didn't pay for a recruiting class. We know you did, but if you didn't do anything wrong and if these recruits are just so happy to come to College Station and if these boosters are willing to pay for name, image and likeness, not because they are saying if you come and sign on the dotted line, there's gonna be X amount of money in your locker room when you get here, but they're offering them true name, image, and likeness deals in the spirit of B. John Robinson being sponsored by Lamborghini Austin, Raising Canes, or Kendra Scott Jewelry, then why do you get so defensive when people say that you bought the recruiting class? Why have you done two press conferences now to clap back at the world if you're not doing anything wrong? Why not just come out and say, College Station is beautiful. We have the best fan base in the world. We have some of the best facilities in the world. And we have some of the best NIL opportunities in the world. Nick Saban had no problem saying that Bryce Young had a million dollar NIL opportunities at Alabama. It's legal now. Maybe the way it's being used isn't legal, but it's legal now. And Jimbo Fisher continuously clapping back and shying away from the question when they asked him about it at the press conference, he said, we didn't break any violations. We didn't break any rules. And Nick Saban didn't say you broke any rules. All he said was you paid for your recruiting class, which you did. But if you did it legally and if you did it above ground, then embrace it. If NIL is legal, then come out and say, yeah, we have some of the best NIL opportunities at Texas A&M. You might want to send your son here. But no, he wants to come out here and say Nick Saban is not God. And Nick Saban used to do this when I worked for him, which means you did it too. None of it makes sense to me. But as college football fans, as Longhorn fans, as future SEC residents, today has been one of the best days in college football we've seen in a long time. I doubt Nick Saban will respond. He's probably a little bit too player for that, even though he went up there and, and dry snitched and started all of this. But man. It has been an explosive day in college football, an explosive day in the SEC, and like I said, October 8th will be one of the best days in college football, period. Not only will Texas beat Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry, but man, imagine how many odds are going to be on that Texas A&M and Alabama game now, given these recent comments, and let's not forget, Jimbo Fisher became the first assistant to beat Nick Saban last year, so... Alabama is coming off of a loss in that A&M Alabama series. So we'll see. I got Alabama by 21, though. I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built Bar has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. And they're available right now on built.com. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, speaking of our head coach who only does NIO the right way, no exceptions. I mean that. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but I mean that. CBS Sports ranked all of the Power 5 head coaches one through 65, and they had Steve Sarkeesian in at number 39. I don't know who was number one on the list. Don't know who was number two on the list. I don't care. They broke it up separately, one through 25, and then 26 through 65. When I saw that Steve Sarkeesian was listed at 39, I said there's no reason to even look at one through 25 because the only head coach I'm worried about in college football right now is Steve Sarkeesian and Jimbo Fisher, and Nick Saban. <laughs> but there's no way that Sark could be the 39th best head coach in college football, huh? I mean, yeah, he's coming off of a five and seven season. I guess I should save that to the why he might be the 39th ranked head coach in the country. But when you look at his offensive track record, and when you look what he's been able to do, I talked about in the Arch Manning segment, quarterbacks coached under him that have made it to the first round. Matt Leiner, Jake Locker, Carson Palmer, Tua Tonga Iloa, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, the Heisman winner was partially developed by Steve Sarkeesian. If you ask Jai Hall, you ask people around the Alabama program. Alabama is still utilizing Sark's offense and Sark's concepts. Say what you want about this Texas team last year but Texas had the second best offense in the big 12 with no O-line shaky quarterback play and one receiver. They averaged 35 points a game. Oh yeah. Sark. The one player Sark brought in last year, Xavier Worthy. Hmm. Freshman all American first team, all big 12. Almost a 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. Sark brings him over from Michigan. And then you look at his track record in the NFL. Matt Ryan had his best season under Steve Sarkeesian. Matt Ryan won the MVP under Steve Sarkeesian. Matt Ryan w- went to the Super Bowl under Steve Sarkeesian. I'm not even sure the Falcons have made the playoffs since they went to the Super Bowl that year. If they have, somebody will let me know in the comments. Let's look at what he did at USC. I'm old enough to remember that USC offense with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush being one of the most explosive offenses of all time. One of the most... What's... Dynamic, explosive, just one of the most storied teams, programs of all time. Like, when you talk about the famous college football programs I'm only 28 so you're gonna have to fill me in on the older ones but I remember you know Miami in the early 2000s that the the early of course Texas because we won the National Championship but my like prime when I, I think of like college football teams I kind of grew up idolizing it was those Reggie Bush and Matt liner teams and who was help coordinating that offense Steve Sarkeesian so with all of the quarterbacks he's developed and all of the offensive firepower he's put together at multiple locations steve sarkisian largely credited with putting the university of washington on the map university of washington still puts nfl players in the league every year in large part because of what sark was able to do while he was the head coach there He's the head coach at the university of texas we've seen what he's been able to do this off season. How is he the 39th best ranked head coach in the country? Now, Sark did talk about while he was on the staff when Texas did beat USC in the national championship game, he did say that he was the reason that they ran the fourth and two to Lindell White that didn't work. So he said that that was one of the worst calls of his career. And he said, after the game, Pete Carroll said, we lost to Superman. And that happens in college football. And everybody in Longhorn Nation knows Until somebody else takes that man on Vince Young, is our Superman. But getting back to Sark, I just mentioned everything he's been able to do offensively. His offensive track record, his track record of putting players in the league, quarterbacks in the league. Every quarterback I mentioned, outside of Matt Ryan, who was already in the league, not only were they drafted after their time with Sark, they went in the first round. Bryce Young, who he helped recruit and developed, won the Heisman. Quinn Ewers, a five-star plus recruit, was brought over by Steve Sarkisian. Number five recruiting class in the country, one of the best transfer classes in the country. So I know that Sark hasn't done a lot to prove himself, and I'll kind of talk about that here in a little bit. And actually, he moved up. He was last year on the rankings. He was 46th before the five and seven season. He moved up to 39th. So I have to give them credit for that. But 39th out of 65 coaches in college football, Steve Sarkeesian, my head coach at the 40 acres? I think not. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball, playoffs, major league baseball, scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Go, Cowboys. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. I guess I got to kind of play devil's advocate. I guess I got to kind of come on here and be realistic. And say why Sark might be the 39th best head coach. Power five wise in college football. Once again, I didn't even look at the one through 25 because why? If Sark is ranked 39th. So, this is Sark's career record by year at Washington, USC, and then Texas. Five and seven, seven and six, seven and six, seven and six, eight and four. Now we're going to USC, nine and four, three and two. We know what happened at USC. If you don't, look it up. Then Texas, five and seven. Career record of 51 in 42. he's never had a 10-win season as a head coach. Not great. So if I'm looking at both sides of the coin, you could say he's somewhere not necessarily in the middle, but close to the middle because he's never had a 10-win season for he's never really separated himself from the pack as a head coach. And you could say his first season at Texas was a disaster. That wasn't a 5 and 7 football team. They went 5 and 7, but that was not a 5 and 7 football team. Longest losing streak in Texas football history since the 50s. I don't think there's so many people listening to the show or watching the show that were born in the 50s. Lost to Kansas. It's like a cardinal sin at the University of Texas. And then although it wasn't his fault, zero players were drafted from the university of texas football team last year and at times we saw mental lapses lapses on the offensive and defensive sides questionable decision making and ultimately one of the most disappointing seasons in the university of texas football history now i am a believer that texas will turn it around next year of course this roster looks completely different they've brought in a lot of talent jordan addison has listed his top two schools as usc and texas so they could be or adding jordan addison by the next time i record an episode and i think five and seven is in the rearview mirror i don't think texas in steve sarkisian's tenure will ever go five and seven again but looking at his track record as a head coach thus far never having a 10-win season, having a disappointing exit at USC, taking Washington to new heights but never winning more than eight games, and then going five and seven at the University of Texas with a 51 and 42 career record in college football, which although it's over 500, is not reminiscent of a great coach. It's reminiscent of an average coach. Now, I think Sark, like I just said, is on the path to greatness with the University of Texas. And I have 110% faith in Sark. I said in the last segment that I don't think he's the 39th best head coach in college football, Power 5-wise. But in this segment, I have to say, I can't say CBS Sports was tripping for having him 39th out of 65th in Power 5 head coaches. And so the only thing to do now, Sark, is to go out and prove them wrong. And next year, I'll have a reason to look at number one through 25 in their head coach rankings going into the 2023 season. Because your name will be on it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jimbo, Nick Saban, keep the content coming. And I can't wait for October 8th, two heavyweight matchups, when Texas beats Oklahoma in the Red River rivalry and when Alabama blows the doors off Texas A&M until next time peace